Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, it's Steve Sparky, 5 55 past the hour here on a Lambo Tobacco Green and Gold Monday. Time for another Milwaukee Sports Timeout uh, and time to talk about another Packers loss. That's three in a row. Joining us now is Paul Bredel. Follow him on Twitter at Paul underscore Bredel. Writes for Dairyland Express and, of course, the Packers wire. So the Packers coming up on the losing end, 23-21 to the Washington Commanders. Uh, what is the biggest takeaway that you had from that loss? Let's start there. Uh, there's a lot that took place, but the biggest thing that I saw is and we've seen it in the past weeks, is this team just has nothing that they consistently do well and nothing that they can lean on. Times get tough. They don't have anything that they can go to to you know help them rebound, help them overcome a deficit, or to even extend the lead when the, the, the opponent makes the adjustments. And what we see is the the Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense is struggling to move the ball, the inconsistency across the board. And on top of that, there's just little details that are being missed by this team that goes, you know, beyond just what's the play call that's drops, it's penalties, it's wrong routes, it's missed blocks. It's just, it's everything with this team. And Rodgers said it best this past week where it seems like every play there's, or, you know, a majority of the plays, I should say, there's someone who just doesn't execute correctly. And then that takes the whole play a step back. There's unfortunately, there's no one answer to this problem. And I know that's what we all want, but it's just a culmination of things right now that has, you know, created this mess that the Packers find themselves in. How much can you win if your best running back is also your best wide receiver? He had nine catches on the day for 53 yards and a couple touchdowns, but he only ran the ball eight times. Yeah, that definitely makes it very challenging. I know Rodgers, uh, after the game, spoke about as well, just receivers not being in the right spots at the right time, running the wrong routes, and obviously that makes things incredibly challenging. You know, he also said that Washington, they ran that cover two shell, and, you know, that takes away the deep ball over the top. But he said they didn't do anything, you know, crazy from a defensive schematic standpoint. The Green Bay Packers receivers just weren't winning their one-on-one battles. Uh, there was a lot of drops that they had to deal with. 
And also the offensive line play, you could tell that the Packers were, and understandably so, trying to protect that unit just because so many guys were in different places. So that affected the game plan as well. When we talk about this this Packers offensive unit, David Bakhtiari uh, not being able to play at left tackle because of that knee flaring up again. Zach Tom saying after the game, the rookie, uh, that, you know, with Bakhtiari's knee, you got to be ready to play at a moment's notice at this point. Uh, he didn't know he was even going to get the start until he showed up at the stadium, apparently, on Sunday morning. This is not good for the Packers' future if David Bakhtiari is going to have this knee issue going forward. With the amount of money you paid him, salary cap numbers and everything else going forward, this is going to be a problem. Yeah, it's it's an unfortunate situation, and it felt like we had kind of turned a corner a little bit this last Sunday against the Jets. Bakhtiari essentially played the entire game. Uh, he only missed that last possession where Rodgers was out because the game was out of reach. He while the and the rest of the offensive line struggled. He gave up just one pressure. He was one of PFF's highest graded run blocking tackles last week. It felt like we were turning a corner in that regard. But then, as you mentioned, he had to miss this game this week as his knee flared up, and he told. Bill Huber of Sports Illustrated this past week that it is even at this point it's still just kind of day-to-day for him but that offensive line configuration that the Packers utilized I mean that one certainly caught me off guard because you had three guys Runyon, Nyman, and Zach Tom all playing positions that they had no NFL snaps at during their career. After the game Rodgers mentioned that uh, Nyman and Runyon had obviously played next to each other it was on the left side not the right Tom and Jenkins had played next to each other during training camp in the preseason at times. So it sounds like just that kind of familiarity and that continuity between the two players on each side of that offensive line was the determining factor in the Green Bay Packers going with the configuration that they went with. But overall, I I would say they played pretty well considering everything. Yeah, they held their own. There was a number of uh, dropbacks where Rodgers couldn't find a receiver and he had time. The Packers leaned heavily on the quick passing game uh, just so they didn't have to hold their blocks nearly as long. And part of the issues with the quick passing game, which we've seen Green Bay have success with, is uh, Washington, they didn't have to blitz at all. So they just sent four pass rushers. They knew they were going up against a a unit that didn't have a lot of experience together. And so that left extra defenders in the secondary to help basically eliminate those those, uh, quick passes. And I think that played a role in why Rodgers couldn't find receivers open because there was that extra defender hanging out in the secondary or the middle of the field to take those passes away. But all things considered, again, there's a ton of movement. That's not something that's easy to deal with. Rodgers, uh, he, I think he was hit just one time, wasn't sacked at all, I believe. So they held up well. And, of course, running the ball was difficult. But we knew that coming into the game. I mean, this is a Washington defensive front. That's one of the best in the league at getting after the quarterback and creating push. What about Romeo Dobbs? I mean, this was the guy everybody was hot to drive for coming out of training camp. We were all excited about coming into the regular season the first couple of weeks. And now he's went MIA. Yeah, it's been a relatively quiet few weeks for him. And today I think he had two or three drives. Uh, in against Washington, so obviously that didn't help things either. And when we talk about building that trust, building that rapport with Aaron Rodgers, that is not the way to go about. Rodgers was and hot. I think, Rodgers was hot on one of them. He's like, "What happened? He had the ball and he lost it as he went to the ground." Yep, absolutely. And uh, Rodgers mentioned after the game as well, you know, that Lazard and Aaron Jones, you know, those are the guys that he has the most confidence in right now. And if you look at the the box score, the number of targets and receptions and yards that those guys have reflects that. 
uh, it, it just doesn't seem like Rodgers has anyone that he can go to at this time other than those two in the passing game. What about Amari Rodgers? What about Amari? I mean, he had a nice return, then he had a, a, a muff punt return, and at that point I tweeted out at Sparky Radio and said, that's enough. I, I've had enough. Just get him off of special teams. Then, because of the wide receiver situation, he gets to play wide receiver and has a screw-up at wide receiver as well. I, can you justify him being on this roster? Uh, on the roster, I mean, I think just given the nature of the receiver room, they need him there. Um, as far as being the punt returner, no. <laughs> I mean, we've seen when he does field the ball correctly, There's he's better at not being as indecisive, but that playmaking ability that you hope you have at that position just isn't there. He's also put the ball on the ground three times this season. And then that drop pass um, where Rodgers had him, I, you know, I think that just encapsulates why he hasn't been on the field at all during his career. Again, it goes back to that trust factor, not only in, in making the, the play when the ball's thrown your direction, but also are you in the right spot? Are you making the right adjustments? Are you where you need to be at the right time? You know, those are all factors that go into the receiver position, all factors that we know are incredibly important to Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, I should say. And, I, again, I think that just kind of showcased why he hasn't been on the field at all. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. I can't remember the last time I saw a wide receiver own Jair Alexander, but that is exactly what Terry McLaurin did in the second half of that game. Yeah, it was an impressive performance by McLaurin, and it was one of the game's best cornerbacks going on up against you know a, a top receiver as well. And McLaurin, like Alexander, gets you know paid to play the game at a high level, and you know those there's just times where the the other player is going to win that matchup. Um, and that's what we saw against uh, the Packers on Sunday. Jair uh, did follow McLaurin around, I believe, for most of the game. So at least from an adjustment standpoint, he did that last week against Garrett Mitchell of the New York Jets. At least from an adjustment standpoint in what Joe Barry's doing, that's nice to see because obviously they weren't doing that earlier on in the season. We also saw the secondary uh, playing closer, the cornerbacks, I should say, playing closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, especially in those you know third and long situations where they're really trying to press the the Washington offense. So those adjustments were nice to see. McLaurin, like I said, he's one of the better receivers in the game. Sometimes those guys are just going to come out on top, even against you know a player like Jair Alexander. You think the Packers were able to get a sufficient enough pass rush today uh, against Heineke? I think he would like a little bit more, but I think that they did do a a good job at pressuring him and getting after him. I think where they really needed to be better, though, was in the run defense area. Uh, Brian Robinson, the Washington running backs, and they have a very good trio of running backs. Uh, They were able to total a ton of yards on the ground, and as good as you know, the Packers edge rushers are at getting after the quarterback. They have really struggled this season in setting a strong edge. And we saw that really today against Washington at, in terms of uh, just not letting the running back get outside because Brian Robinson was able to break a couple big ga- games by doing so. It's almost like they're just a little overly aggressive. And, you know, everybody wants to run the rush the quarterback run defense is almost like eating your vegetables and there's almost a little bit too much aggressiveness in trying to get to the cornerback that leaves the corner wide open for the running back. Everybody wants me to get after the quarterback. And I, I think not only is it the fans, I think it's the corners. I think it's the guys on the defensive side of the ball as well. I mean, that all comes from a couple of weeks ago when they had that meeting with Joe Barry of they wanted to have certain things done the way that they wanted to have them done. And I think Joe Barry's just kind of letting them play the way they want to and coaching them up the best they can. So I think part of this is on the players as well. Yeah, I think that's a big part. Uh, it's easy to point at 
Joe Barry, you know, for talking about the defensive side of the ball. And there were certainly things to, to, you know, to be frustrated with, but he's made adjustments, but the players just over the course of the season, not just specifically against Washington, you know, they have to execute better as well. Eric Stokes has had a very rough season. Uh, Quay Walker has struggled a little bit, you know, in, in filling those running lanes or playing in that zone coverage. Tackling just as a whole has been an issue. Sure has. Uh, Darnell Savage at safety, you know, he's not having the season that I'm sure the Packers were hoping for, especially after picking up his fifth-year option in the spring. So it, it's, again, it goes back to there just not being any one answer right now for this Packers team. It's a collective effort from the scheme to, again, as I mentioned when we first started this conversation, Sparky, it's the little things. Yeah, so now it's Buffalo, though, Paul. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't think there's enough time to clear up all the little things in order to, to, to really legitimately look at this and go, oh, yeah, they can beat Buffalo in Buffalo on prime time. Like I, and Rodgers made a point of saying it in the postgame. Like, everybody's not going to pick us to win, you know. This is probably the best thing for us. Well, I mean, I guess if that's how you want to look at it. but And I don't know what the spread in that game is going to be, but you got to think Buffalo's got a chance of running up the score on this team at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how any Packers fan can go into that game feeling confident, uh, just given what we've seen so far and given the caliber team that Buffalo is, because the Packers are on a three-game losing streak, but and I know the Jets and Giants have you know good records. I think Giants are six and one now. Jets are five and two, but it's not as if these are the top of the top teams in the NFL. Uh, in terms of rosters or talent, and the Green Bay Packers, I mean, they've they've really really struggled. So now they're going up against a true Super Bowl contender. So it's hard to have any sort of expectations that are going to be even a little bit favorable, especially when you factor in they're going on the road again. Yep. They you know they're at London, came back for Green Bay, and now this Buffalo is going to be the second of three straight road games that they're going to have to uh, take on. But think about it. You were supposed to beat the Giants. You were supposed to beat the Jets. And you were supposed to beat the Commanders. These were the three quote-unquote cupcakes in the beginning, the middle part of your schedule where you said you're going to get fat while you're trying to figure out what to do on offense. And it completely went the other way. Yeah, 100%. And things are only getting more difficult. You know, They're going to be on the road against Detroit, who we all know Ford Field's a goofy place for the Green Bay Packers. And that's a Detroit team under Dan Campbell. We know the record's not there, but they play hard for four quarters. And honestly, right now, that might be a way to beat the Green Bay Packers, oh, playing God. hard for four quarters. Then they, pl- then they play Dallas. They have Tennessee. They have Philadelphia. Like They're heading into the really tough part of the schedule right now. And the, the season is clinging. It's hanging in the balance at the moment. And McCarthy is salivating looking at what's going on. Yes. He is <laughs> salivating. Like, get me to that game right away. Paul Brettel, check him out. Follow him on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel, writer for Dairyland Express, contributor for uh, the Packers Wire as well. And uh, Paul, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you again down the line. Appreciate it, Sparky. Thank you. You betcha. Take care. There he is. Paul Brettel here on a Lambo Tobacco Green and Gold Monday on 1250 AM. The Fan. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.